Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for lunch with a coach with two-time state championship head-winning coach, football coach Brian Irwin of Lamarck Cougars, also a head coach at a number of different programs around the state. Lunch with a coach brought to you by Laura Baker of Keller Williams. Hey, Brian, let's get started. I mean, you and I talked prior to this uh, video about what we wanted to really talk about, and I think both of us came up with about the same three things, really. Uh, you said you had circled red zone. Uh, and how does Steve Sarkeesian um, use the off week and the bye week to help his team focus on getting better within the red zone? Is there is there a particular game plan that 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 you think he talks about, or does he go back to the drawing board? What is it internal? What just give us your thoughts on the red zone as a whole right now? You know, it's it's maybe a little more complicated than, than, than what we're making because I also see it as – I see this short yardage, goal line, red zone. Those are all three different things, right? I mean, so short yardage, goal line issues, and then and then red zone is what we deem, you know, once we get inside the 20-yard line. So, you know, once you're inside the 20, say the ball's on the 18 or 19, you got, you got tons of space still. you still got, you know, 28, 29 yards to work with to the back of the end zone. So – that's a plan that you have from, from the 18 or 19. Then once you get inside the 10, then you have another plan. Then once you get inside the five, you have another plan. So it's not just lumping red zone all together because it's literally three different plans from once you get inside the 20 to once you get inside the 10 to once you get inside the five. Um, you know, I see our problem more as a, as a short yards go line situation. We've struggled. All year long, going back to Rice. I mean, we missed on some short yardage, fourth down conversions uh, throughout the year. Then, you know, remember the Alabama game? We have the fumble, and, and uh, Jonathan Brooks picks it up and advances it. Well, we were lucky because it went right through Quinn's hands. And if Quinn would have had possession of it, then we wouldn't even got that. Um, so I, I think uh, if you start with short yardage uh, and goal line, those are both very, very – intense situations where there's a lot of bodies flying around the crowd, the line of scrimmage, things like that. What I think our biggest problem is, and it goes back to the Oklahoma game on the goal line was we get in the power package and we've got a big guy going to the right. And we've got a big guy going to the left and we're slamming our tailback downhill. Our belief was always, you got to block the edge. You got to protect the edge with a power back. And then you you need a you know a lead blocker. Well, we had two guys going two different ways. We had a big guy going right, a big guy going left, and then hitting up the middle. Well, the other part of that was we seemed to be man blocking up front, which you know basically we're numbering them one, two, three, and, and we're man blocking them. You remember the first play from the goal line where our tackle and tight end blocked out. So it's that tells you it's a man scheme. I, and I would like to see us have more of a gap scheme or a zone scheme, stick with our same offense with our gap schemes and our zone schemes, put that power back, one power back blocking off the edge, one leading the guys up, up inside. And, you know, we did not get whipped, Bobby. We, I'm, I've, I've read it, I've heard it, I've listened to it, that we got whipped by Oklahoma. We did not get whipped. They didn't knock us off the ball. Um, you know, they didn't move the line of scrimmage backwards. We just – you know, they, they crashed that safety the one time and we didn't have a guy to protect for him. And then, and then Jonathan tries to cut it back and there's nothing there. So we got to get back to the fundamentals of, of blocking the edge, 
taking care of any penetration coming off the edge, having another lead blocker up in there, and then zone blocking and going with your normal offense, whether it's zone or whether it's a gap scheme. Um, so I think that fixes the short yards goal line stuff. I'm sure Sark and them have taken a look at that this week. Again, it goes back. You can do it with the Wildcat because what does Wildcat do? Wildcat, you're always going to have fly motion coming across. So that helps take care of an edge. And you've got, you got an edge blocker. And then, you know, you're faking it. So you've got misdirection and you're slamming it up in there with the, the Wildcat quarterback. So your numbers are – are, you're at least neutral with your numbers. Okay, the numbers are in your favor if you can get a hat for a hat and you're blocking the edge and you got misdirection. That's the great thing about the Wildcat. You block the edge, you got a numbers advantage, and you got misdirection. What more do you want in run game? If you don't want to go wildcat and you want to go power, then then let's let's block the edge, let's take care of the edge, let's do it with a scheme that is, is part of our scheme, whether it's zone or whether it's a gap scheme, and, and not get caught up in a man scheme. When you try to man block down on the goal line or in a short yard situation, um, it, it gets it gets tough, it gets chaotic, and and things are happening real fast. Uh, so I think that fixes that, you know, from a red zone standpoint, Sark, Sark, Sark's a great red zone coach. We've seen it from day one, go, even going back to the Alabama days, but go back to year one when, I mean, he would draw it up, he would dial it up, and we're getting guys wide open in the red zone. I don't think it's a red zone issue. I think we've got a short yards goal line situation, and uh, hopefully we've taken advantage of that in the, in the off week. That's interesting that you would, uh, you know, you dissect it that much. It's not so much – it's more short yardage goal line than it is red zone, even though as a stats person might categorize it all together as, as red zone in general. Uh, good stuff there, uh, Coach. I, I appreciate that. I uh, want to say thank you uh, to our sponsor, Laura Baker of Keller Williams Realty. If you're looking for real estate in, uh, within, or uh, wanting to sell uh, right now, uh, try Laura Baker out. She is a trusted real estate agent with decades of experience in and around the Austin area. Literally knows Austin like the back of her hand. 512-784-0505. 512-784-0505. I had someone reach out the other day and tell me that they had just uh, contacted uh, Laura and, and got started. So uh, happy for her uh, very much. Uh, Laura Baker uh, with Keller Williams. It's 512-784-0505. Uh, Brian, you know, the next thing that you and I talked about uh, as it relates in particular to Houston, because it reared its head. Uh, mm -hmm. against Oklahoma, and you think that stopping the QB run against U of H uh, will be a big piece of the puzzle for them. Uh, explain yes. to what, what you mean by that, and then tell us what you how you think Texas will necessarily try to do that. Well, I think it's going to be huge. They've got a very athletic quarterback. Um, Donovan Smith, uh, he's very athletic. He makes a lot of plays off schedule. The biggest thing is we've got to be able to treat the QB scramble and the QB off schedule stuff and, and, and be able to handle it. We didn't handle it against uh, Oklahoma. And um, there's a number of ways to do it. You can do it with a four man front, do it with a four man pass rush, but you've really got to condense space. You got to compress space, condense those lanes. You can't just go flying up the field with your ears peeled back, you know, on a jet type pass rush. Well, we always said, you know, jet, when when you can really get up the field, you, you got to be careful doing that against those type of quarterbacks. Uh, it's more about compressing the A and the B and the C gap and, and collapsing that pocket around him to make him almost be affected versus trying to get him on the ground. Or you could go with an odd front and, and start out with your rush three, drop eight, rush three, and you got your fourth guy hanging around. As soon as the quarterback starts to scramble, 
your your fourth ab fits inside. And that's usually an inside linebacker that matches up good against an athletic type of quarterback. And then obviously you get into your five or six man pressures out of your odd front. So I think it's a combination of of all that. Um, but I really like the potential of playing more odd defense against that style of quarterback. Uh, so talk about that. You mean more odds, like give them a different looks, uh, three, five man fronts, that, that sort of stuff. The three, four. I like, you know, the three, four, I, I'm not, I'm not real fond of when we go to the, it's like a five, one look. We've got a nose guard, two, three techniques, two ends and then one inside backer. I haven't seen us have a lot of success with it. I'd rather see a traditional three, four where we got three down, two inside backers and two outside backers. And, um, you know, you're rushing those three and then you got your both outside backers in coverage. You got one of your inside backers in coverage and you got your fourth, in, that one, in, the other inside backer just hanging around. And as soon as everything unfolds, then he can fit where he needs to fit. And it might be over here one play and it might be over here the next, depending on how the rush lanes go. But he's able to fit real fast to be that fourth ad once the quarterback starts scramble. Or let's say you lose contain over the top to the right or the left and the quarterback breaks contain out uh, to the edge, then then he triggers and he hammers over the top and becomes the fourth ad. That way, start chasing down the quarterback. So your fit with your fourth ad in a four-man pass rush by your linebacker, it's right every time. You can make those down linemen right. Let them go. Let them do what they need to do to get some pressure on the quarterback. And then that, that, that inside linebacker can make them right. Got it. Uh, that makes total sense. Uh, Brian, I, I'm looking at it in, in part of this, the QB run game is that it, it looks like we're going to play a few teams that run the ball over the next couple of weeks, not mm -hmm. only uh, Houston with their quarterback, uh, but uh, we know that that uh, TCU with Josh Hoover, they run that. Uh, Kansas State obviously runs the ball like that. Uh, Texas Tech did it to them last year. So that's mm -hmm. four of the six teams that will deploy a, a QB run game. Um, and you're you're saying a three four. Is there anything else that you would add to that? I mean, is it is it team speed? What about the safety team play? Does that concern you? I mean, anything like that? Team speed. I I don't think you can really get faster at safety, but you can get faster at linebacker. Uh, so you you know, it, it was old adage where you know you turn the linebacker into a D lineman, you turn a safety into a linebacker. You know, do we do we? Find a guy that can fit there as an inside linebacker, a little bit smaller body maybe, but faster guy. And, and where I'm going with that is we're so good on the defensive line. We, we know we're good at stopping the run. Do you try to cheat the process a little bit with – because we are good at stopping the run, cheat it just a little bit, knowing that we, we can hold up against the run, but we can get a little bit smaller and faster to be able to handle the QB run stuff. Interesting. So like a Mo Blackwell as opposed to a David Benda, perhaps? Yes. Against the, yes. the running quarterbacks? Yes. Anthony Hill, more, more, Mo Blackwell, those types of body types that can that can run and they can make tackles in space, and they're great tacklers. Got it. Uh, that makes total sense. Speaking with Brian Irwin, uh, two-time state championship uh, uh, head coach of the Lamarck Cougars. Uh, Brian, I, I've got a list here of other things that we were going to talk about. Uh, one of those that, that we both wanted to, to, to mention is focus. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. How do the Longhorns and, and Steve Sarkeesian, how does he keep his team focused after a big loss? There's a, you know, a numbing loss almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then head in, he's got an off week where he's not really saying, get back up on the horse right now, let's get to work. And then he's got an off week, and now he's going down to Houston on the road. Give me your thoughts there on, on what you're thinking as a football coach as you're trying to attack that. I think it's a lot easier to be focused after a loss than it is a win. Um, you look at San Francisco 49ers and what they did to the Dallas Cowboys and then what they did the next week. You know, so is that talent? Is that, you know, no, that's just focus. That's the energy level and it's focus and, and it's preparedness. And so I think it's a lot easier to focus and be prepared after a, after a loss, um, especially after a long two-week, you know, layoff going into an off week. Um, and then also knowing that we're in prime position, we're sitting perfect. You know, we're number eight in the country. Um, and all we got, we control our destiny. Now West Virginia got beat. We control our destiny. Let's take this thing one day at a time, one week at a time. Focus should not be an issue. We should be highly motivated, highly prepared. We understand now where our strengths are. We understand where our weaknesses are and, and then let's go play accordingly. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think that, uh, I think, Fans are a little concerned about that, and rightfully so, because they ride the wave, right? They ride the roller coaster, whereas coaches are preaching it uh, each and every day. You, it's so much easier to coach after a loss. It's it's hard to it's hard to coach when when you're undefeated and you're rolling and, and you're routing people. Again, I only use the, the San Francisco 49ers situation. They're rolling. You know, they just routed the Cowboys, and all of a sudden they go to Cleveland and they get beat by the Browns. You know, so. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to keep your team at that high level week in and week out. But when you get, you get your nose bloody, you get beat, you get humbled. You realize you're not, you're not the best team in the country right now. Um, you start, well, I say smelling yourself and start thinking you're good. We always just tell them, Hey, we will tell you when you're good. You know, you don't need to be listening to everybody else, the social media and your parents and your girlfriend. We will tell you when you're good. So now I think it gives the coaching staff the opportunity to grab their attention, grab their focus, and uh, bring them back down to earth because uh, it's it's in the dirt. The preparation's in the dirt. And, and I'm sure that's where they've been the last two weeks. Got it. Uh, speaking with Brian Irwin. Co- Coach, another thing that I wanted to ask, and this is a, a, a question, uh, what do what you – what are co- – what have – what do teams like Dana Holgerson and the Houston Cougars take, mm-hmm. put, put your hat on as that head coach for a second, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And tell me what he sees and what he's going to try to do to Texas, in your opinion. Like, he's a spread coach. You, you've seen him coach a thousand times. He's got a good receiver core. Is he going to uh, – Rod Babers thinks that the the MO for Holgerson, he's going to try to make this a, a – uh, 
a boat race. You know, yeah. whoever first one to forty wins. Yeah, is that kind of your thought on on this? I mean, what, how does think, a, a guy like that entertain this game and try to to game plan it? I think they would like to. They like to play tempo. They like to play fast. But you know what? We got more depth than they do. If they want to play fast, they can play fast. I think one thing we we do need to guard against. I don't think that's where we're at our best is playing fast on offense. I think I think we're more. You know, let's go fast and let's go slow. Let's go fast and let's go slower. Let's just then let's go medium for a while, and just be very methodical. And and you know, next time we get into those situations, whether it's Houston or or an Oklahoma that want to go really really warp speed fast, we don't need to feel like we have to do that because we don't have to do that. That's not who we are. Um, yeah, Dana may try to do that, get it to forty and all that. I, I think um, that could play in our hands. I think the only Thing that he may try to do, of course, there's trick plays. Uh, he may have six of them instead of three of them. Uh, but then, as we all know, the way that these guys do it, we saw it last year a number of times, people we played, but the way these guys do it, and they, they, they try to upset you, is they're, they're going to use four downs. They're going to use four downs, and, and they're going to try to hang on to the ball. And so if, if their fourth down conversion rate is 75%, 80%, it could be a long. It could be a tough deal. It could be a long game, um, but um, if if they go for it on fourth down and it's around twenty five percent, then it's going to be a route. Got it. So you you think that they're you think it's like the Tech game a year ago? That's the that's the real idea for them is to just try to keep the Texas offense off the field yeah. as long as possible. Yeah. Tech, the Tech the Tech uh, methodology, the the random methodology. You know, we got four downs. We're going to go for it from wherever, and uh, we're going to hang on to the ball. We're going to convert, and we're going to play keep away. Interesting. Uh, that's I, I hadn't really thought about that, but it makes sense uh, because you know, I, you, you got to gamble somewhere, and if you're not gambling with play calling per se, and you don't necessarily think you have all the horses that you need, right. you got to look for an edge somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Brian. Uh, you know, Texas comes into this heavy favorite. 21 point or 20 point uh, favorites right now in Vegas over uh, the Cougars. How do you coach against that? I mean, if you're a head coach and you know you're heavy, heavily favored, do you just try to coach through it? I mean, do you just try to pinpoint the finer details and get people focused on that. What What are your thoughts? Well, number one, we have we, we got we're playing Texas. We we we've got to, we're playing ourselves. All of our focus needs to be you know 95 percent on ourselves and our preparation. And our laser-like focus, uh, we don't need to worry about our opponents so much as we need to focus on ourselves. Um, let's take care of us. And um, the the other part of that is the playoffs have started for us. We're in the playoffs, and and when you're in the playoffs, it's 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 win or go home almost. I mean, we're in a win or go home situation. Now we don't we know we're not going home technically. We've got we finish out the schedule, but we're not going to get to the Big Twelve Championship. Uh, we're not going to get to the other championship. Um, so when you go into that mentality, you you know that you've got to be at your best and 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 one slip up and and you're done. Your season goals are over. So if that doesn't keep you focused and 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 you think you might look past a Houston, no, nah, that that shouldn't happen now. I mean that that means we're playing we're playing Houston in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know some of my best football teams. You know we're playing. Houston Cashmere in the first round of playoffs. So we're 50 point. We're laser like focused because we understand 
we lose, we're done. Got it. Uh, I got one more question for you, Brian. Before I do that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. It's Laura Baker, realtor for Keller Williams. Uh, contact her at Laura at AndyAllenTeam.com or call her at 512-784-0505. You won't meet a bigger Longhorn fan than Laura Baker. Uh, saw her at the Alabama game, for example. She travels, uh, gets out to just about every game you can see. Give her a call. 512-784-0505. Really nice person as well. Laura was our first sponsor also, right, Bobby? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, Brian, the, the, the thought on – this game and, and where Steve Sarkeesian ha has it right now, Texas is at five and one A&M's at four and three. Uh, you know, is there any thought here that if Texas kind of outshines the Aggies the rest of the way, that this may be the tipping order in the state changing a little mm -hmm. bit from A&M all these years having for the last 10 years, having kind of that SEC run in them with the start with Johnny Manziel. Is there any thought in, in the Texas high school ranks about that kind of stuff, or does that, that really not play out that way in, in among the high school coaches around the state? I don't know. I, I think, you know, let A&M be A&M, but let's, let's be us. We, we have to like where everything's evolving right now. Um, Sark is very likable. This coaching staff's all obviously very likable and, and respected throughout the state and the Texas, Texas high school coaches association. Um, Recruiting's trending where it needs to trend. Uh, let's let's take care of us. We keep winning. Uh, we're going to create a lot of momentum heading into next year into the SEC. Uh, but let's take care of us. Let's let's just be as good as we can be. Let's let let this Texas team be the best that this Texas team can be. Where is that? I don't know. But but we haven't seen our best football yet. And so let's start working that way. And we know coming off a loss, coming off a bye week heading into the second half of the season where we're ranked number eight in the country. We control our destiny and we got a great chance to, to do some awesome things. So if, if we, Texas takes care of Texas, uh, those things that you just mentioned are going to take care of themselves. All right. Uh, that'll do it for today's lunch with the coach, Brian. I appreciate your time. I know the fans do as well. Hope to see you on one of the coffee and footballs later this week as well. Uh, that's Brian Irwin, uh, former head football coach, the Lamar Cougars, as well as a, I think a half dozen other uh high schools around the state of Texas, always here uh, on Lunch with the Coach. Also, thank you uh, to Laura Baker of Keller Williams. All right, uh, Brian, I'll talk to you probably on Wednesday or Thursday this week, buddy. You Sounds have a good one, okay? All right, thank you. Welcome.